The New York Giants are just about at the mid-year point of their 2023 season. Some thoughts about how it's going, plus we hear from inside linebacker Micah McFadden about his growth in the Giants' defense. That's coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by Price Picks. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. I'm Patricia Traina, P-Train, and happy Friday, everybody. We made it through another week. It is Friday, TGIF, and uh, the New York Giants, of course, this weekend faced the Las Vegas Raiders, led by former Giant Antonio Pierce, and um, that should be a very interesting game for sure. Uh, we've been talking about that yesterday on the uh, on the crossover show, and tonight when we do our um, live stream, which is back, Left on Giants Live is back. We're going to talk about that with Tana and Bad Dog. So hope you will tune in. But in the meantime, we've got a lot to go through today. So the Giants are at the halfway or just about at the halfway point of the season now. And uh, I have some thoughts kind of like how things have gone and just some retrospect things, you know, going back to the expectations and what they were able to meet and what they haven't been able to meet. So we'll talk about that. In segment two, I'm going to talk about injuries because there's just something about the injury situation besides the the fact that it exists itself that I've got to get off my chest. I I have to vent on this one. So it's not going to be an epic vent, but it's going to be a vent session. And then finally, in the third section, I've been teasing that I would have an interview for you. I was finally able to get it this week in the locker room. It is inside linebacker Micah McFadden who's been one of the bright spots, actually, for this New York Giants defense. Um, He's been playing really well, so I was able to get him one-on-one and just talk about the success he's had. Now, I also talked a little bit to Bobby Okereke um, regarding Michael McFadden, but that those quotes aren't in this particular interview. They will show up on um, an article that I'm going to do on Giants Country if you want to see what Bobby O had to say about Michael McFadden. So that is our agenda for today. As always, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day, or if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And of course, a shout out to my Blue Crew community members, my newcomers, my everydayers, and everybody in between. You guys rock, and I appreciate you. So let's get into today's content. All right, let's start off Giants at just about the midway point. Now, I think we can all agree that this season has not gone the way we expected. So that got me thinking about the expectations and if we maybe were a little too optimistic coming in. And one of the things that um, I guess you can go back and you can say hindsight's twenty twenty, but you can go back and look at this is 
you look at how the Giants won a lot of their games last year, they did so just barely. They were usually like one score or less. And in retrospect, you know, was that really sustain sustainable for the Giants to, to keep winning that way? Probably not, because I think that kind of masked a lot of deficiencies that the team had that they tried to address and maybe didn't address. Now, look, I get it. Injuries have been a major factor with this team. But you know what? Every team has injuries. Now, does every team have injuries to the extent of what the Giants have had, specifically with their offensive line? No, you can't. You know, I, I think that's fair to say. Okay, so you go back and you look at some of the roster decisions that this team made. For example, remember how they loaded up on receivers? They basically had every receiver, every shape, every size, every skill set. And they even had, in some cases, duplicates. So you say to yourself, okay, did they really need Paris Campbell, for example? Could they have maybe taken that money that they spent on Paris Campbell and used it on, say, another offensive lineman? Because if you remember coming out of training camp, there were questions regarding the swing tackle. And what happened? Andrew Thomas got injured. Evan Neal got injured. If he wasn't struggling. And the Giants really didn't have a solid swing top tackle um, option. So they were left now having to scramble as the season went on, you know, to find guys to do that. So that's one example. Another example that has come back to bite the Giants hard is the punt returner situation. So they had Jamison Crowder on the roster in the summer. They had uh, Khalil Pimpleton on the roster in the summer. They had Jaden Mickens on the roster in the summer. None of them got a chance to return punts. The Giants instead preferring to force feed Eric Gray, a rookie running back that was a draft pick, into the role, despite the fact that Gray had never really done it in college before. How does that make sense? So, you know, those are a couple of examples that I can think of, you know, regarding how the roster was constructed. I felt like, you know, there were some depth issues. You know, I mentioned the offensive line, whereas you look at other spots on the team and, and they had, you know, a ton of receivers, you know, they had a, a, a ton of um, defensive backs in, in the summer. Um, you can make a case that they had more defensive linemen. You know, they, I think at the time they had five or six, maybe even seven. I don't remember exactly the exact number, but it was a lot but not a lot of edge rushers. So you just wonder if some of the roster spots to went, that went to these positions, could they have gone to the other positions where the Giants were maybe deficient? Or maybe, who knows, Joe Shane, the general manager, said maybe he thought, okay, there's really nobody I could, I could you know, devote resources to that maybe will satisfy our needs. That I would find a little hard to believe, quite honestly. So I think... You know, and looking back at how this season has unfolded and you look at what areas have cost this team the most, it's been where they're deficient in, in uh, quality depth. And now the Giants, of course, scrambling to make up for it. So that's one big takeaway for me. The other one I 
and wonder about. Last year, we saw Brian Dable be uber aggressive. He wasn't afraid. You know, he went for things and, you know, just I thought the offense was a lot more aggressive than it was this year. Now, again, you can make the argument that the injuries have altered what the coaches have been able to do. You know, you take Saquon out of the equation as they, you know, they did for, what was it, three games? And now maybe you have to play things a little differently. You lose Daniel Jones for three games. Maybe you have to do things a little differently. But it just seems like there have been cases along the way where you say to yourself, maybe they could have been a little bit more aggressive. And I, you know, the the most recent example was against the Jets. Fourth and one, sending out Graham Gano on an injured leg that's going to need surgery, by the way, instead of running it with Saquon Barkley who you said was basically, you know, the guy who you were going to ride for that entire game. And now all of a sudden you're at a critical juncture in the game and you, and you back off of that. Would the 2022 version of Brian Dable have done that? My guess is no. And, you know, I thought about it and, I, and I'm like, I wonder, you know, I, again, I'm giving credence to the fact that injuries were a factor here, but I wonder if that kick in the groin that they took from the Cowboys in week one, which was just utterly embarrassing. I mean, that that they've had some embarrassing losses, including last week against the Jets, but 40 nothing. And you just wonder if maybe that was a tone setter for this team moving forward. Did it maybe show Dable, for example, all right, maybe we're not quite where we need to be yet. So we've got to dial it back a little bit. Whereas last year, you know, not much was expected of the team in the first year of the Dable and Shane era. So maybe they felt they could be a little bit more aggressive. So just something really off there. And, you know, uh, the other thing that's that's kind of been weird is how inept the offense has been. So again, you know, I, I saw on a, a Twitter, I think it was, or X, whatever it's called, um, Mike Kafka getting roasted for, you know, for the fact that the Giants have the 32nd ranked offense in the league. Is part of that on Kafka? Yes. I mean, we can't absolve him of the blame. Is part of that the injuries? Yes. Is part of that the lack of um, aggressiveness? Absolutely. So it just seems like, you know, you look at this team, which was supposed to be better than last year, and it just feels like they have gone back. They've gone backwards, that this is year one of the rebuild, whereas last year was kind of like a, you know, I guess a trial and error type of deal. So, you know, I haven't given up on this regime. You know, I do think Joe Shane will get it straightened out. I think Brian Dable is still a very good coach. I think for the most part, his coaching staff, with maybe a few exceptions, and I don't have to mention who, I think a lot of you know who I feel about this. Um, There are, you know, it's a solid staff. And I also know that moving forward, this team is going to, you know, do what it needs to do to, to fix this because I'm sure Shane and Dable don't find this acceptable at all. And uh, I did have somebody ask me a question about Shane, by the way, and when was the last time he talked? He's going to talk during the bye week. 
That's usually when GMs talk. So we will hear from him, I believe, during the bye week, which is week 13. It's coming up. It's about a month away. So a lot of questions that need to be answered for Joe Shane when we get to that time. So, all right. Coming up next, I've got a vent about injuries. You know, so get ready. Um, I'm going to keep it clean, but I've got a vent about injuries. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, you need to check out Prize Picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry. And best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash with the right projections. Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, such as Taco Tuesday, when each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to give you even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use the promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and that promo code is LockedOnNFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Hey, Giant fans, football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Host Nitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and much more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know their teams better than anybody else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants, Friday edition. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host, P-Train. And again, I appreciate you tuning in. And a reminder, uh, depending on when you're watching this, of course, but uh, 7.30, Tonight, Friday, um, November 3rd, Locked On Giants Live, Train Attain a Dog. Yep, we're back. So we're going to do a live stream. So come join us if you are if you watch on YouTube. Well, actually, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be on YouTube since we haven't quite figured out how to broadcast it live on our audio channels. But swing on by if you have nothing to do. Uh, join the community chat. We always have a group, uh, a great group of folks who are, you know, chit-chatting in the community while the live stream is going on and we interact with you guys and gals as well. So we hope that you will check that out. All right. In this segment, I got to talk about injuries, you know, because I was sitting here today and, you know, when I was planning this show and I said, you know, one thing that really bugs me besides the fact that of course the giants are still amongst the injured, the most injured teams in the NFL is how they have handled injuries this year. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, oh my God, I got to get rid of Ronnie Barnes because he's the problem. Folks, Ronnie Barnes treats the injuries. He is not necessarily the problem here. What I, I think, am bothered by the most is how the Giants have handled injuries. All right, so the Giants have a reputation 
as being one of the most conservative teams when it comes to injuries. In other words, they will not put a guy out on the field if he is at risk to further, you know, make an injury worse. And I go back and I think about this year. I think about Andrew Thomas in the week one game on, on the first series there, pulling his hamstring and still being allowed to be out there playing throughout most of the game before finally it was to the point where, you know, the poor guy's leg was about to fall off. And I say to myself, Andrew Thomas is probably your most indispensable guy on offense. Why did you put him at risk there? Why didn't you take him off the field and let that in, that hamstring get start treating it right away so that, you know, maybe you get him back after maybe three, four weeks, as opposed to what is this now? Um, eight weeks now he hasn't played. So look, I get it. A lot of times, you know, a player will say that he feels better than he already does. But that's kind of where the Giants medical staff needs to, I think, be more protective of the players. And, you know, I don't know if they necessarily said to Andrew, okay, you know what? We don't recommend you go back out there. And Andrew said, well, you know, I feel good, so I'm going to go out there anyway. I don't know that for a fact. But I was kind of surprised and disappointed because, you know, then you had Andrew trying to come back, and I think it was week five, if I'm not mistaken, and he still wasn't healthy, and he set himself back further. And we all know hamstrings are tricky, so you want to be careful with those. And, you know, here it is. Now, will Andrew be back for week nine? I don't know that as, as of this recording. I'm recording this Thursday night, so I don't know if he will be back. But I do know that, you know, he's been gone all this time. And you say to yourself, well, gosh, why didn't they put him on IR? And they could have given the roster spot to somebody who was healthy that could have helped in a different area. So I don't understand that. I also don't understand the handling of Darren Waller. All right, Darren Waller, for those who missed it, he's got a new hamstring injury to his other leg. I think it's his opposite. Yeah, it's his opposite leg. And I don't remember the order, uh, which leg, I want to say the right leg last year cost him the rest of the season. And this year it's the left leg, but I might have that mixed up. But anyhow, Waller told the story about how against Washington, something got tweaked there. And, you know, being a guy that, again, these athletes, they want they want to be tough, you know. They they know they got a job to do. They want to earn their their keep, and that's it, admirable. But sometimes you just have to be a little bit smarter when it comes to these injuries. And of course, Waller went out against the Jets, popped the hamstring, and now he's looking at missing weeks. So, you know, what are you thinking here when it comes to a soft tissue injury? All right. When you look at um, man's games lost and you look at the number of games that Giants players lose because of injuries, you wonder if maybe those guys, could they have been brought back better if they had been a little bit more um, conservative with some of the treatment? And again, I'm not necessarily saying it's the medical staff's fault because the player, to an extent, has to you know say how he's feeling. And we all know that, you know, players are, are, are going to be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. So I just find that frustrating. 
Graham Gano's another one. All right. We knew because Graham Gano told, you know, NorthJersey.com that he was going to need surgery on his plant leg. And Graham Gano, I suspect, told the coaching staff and the medical staff, I feel good. I can go out and I can kick. He actually did do what he needed to do to an extent. All right. He put two of his three uh, kickoffs, I think, were touchbacks. He made one of his three field goals. But as the game went on, the leg, his plant leg, started to give way. So now, you know, and, and this was after, again, admitting that he needed surgery. Now the Giants are potentially looking at carrying on without him, whether it be, which, you know, I believe, and I think the Post had it, he's going to go on IR, which is not a surprise. I mean, who didn't see that coming? And if he has that surgery that he needs, he's probably not coming back this year. So you just wonder about some of the decisions. You know, I, I, I wonder to an extent if Daniel Jones, if he could have come back and played, would he have played with his injury? There's a fine line to being smart and being, you know, not being a wuss. And, you know, it, it's tough. I get it. You know, players don't have guaranteed contracts. I get that. You know, they want to show that, you know, they can be in there because there's not fear that somebody's going to replace them. But I got to be honest with you guys, the way these injuries have been handled this year have been head scratchers. And, you know, you can't avoid injuries, I guess. You know, you're going to get broken bones. Feet are going to get rolled up on, you know, in, in piles on the field. The stretching aspect of it, I question, you know, especially with these soft tissue injuries that are happening. I don't know exactly, you know, how these guys are being taught to stretch or how often they're stretching or anything like that or what their flexibility work um, comes to. But that seems to be a problem given the number of soft tissue injuries and the sports sciences, scientists that they have. You know, what data are they using to help with making decisions for what's best for the players? So just, you know, I think, you know, I mentioned how um, Joe Shane's going to talk during the bye week. And that's a question that really needs to be asked. So you can bet that question is in my little notebook here. So that will definitely be asked. All right, folks, coming up next. I promised you that I would have an interview, um, a player interview. And this week I was able to get it. it is inside linebacker Micah McFadden. So don't go anywhere. We'll hear from Micah, who has played really well in this defense. That's coming up next. Hey, Giant fans. So between my work here on the Lothan Giants podcast over on Giants Country and going back and forth between here and East Rutherford to bring you all the latest and greatest Giants coverage, I just don't have time some nights to cook or to get to the grocery store to make sure that my fridge is full. Luckily, I don't have to, thanks to DoorDash. With DoorDash, I get everything I want when I need it delivered straight to my door. You know, for years, I've trusted DoorDash to also deliver freshly made meals from my favorite restaurants, and they've never let me down. And now that they've added grocery delivery to their offering, it's made my life so much easier because I can get what I want, what I need, and when I want it from my go-tos like BJ Wholesales and Wegmans. 
DoorDash has thousands of grocery stores to choose from, so you'll find one in your neighborhood that's right for you. You'll get what you ordered or they will make it right. And you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a no delivery fee on eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. And now for a limited time, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 when you use the promo code Lockdown NFL at checkout. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDONNFL. Terms apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host, P-Train, and it is Friday, November 3rd. The year's just flying by. Can you believe it? We are at the midway point, just about, of the 18-game uh, season. Uh, or 18-week season, regular season, 17 games plus the bye. And um, in this segment, we're going to hear from inside linebacker Micah McFadden. Now, I was able to meet with Micah in the Giants locker room. Unfortunately, folks, wasn't able to get video for this. You know, when you're in the locker room, you got to be careful with uh, how you shoot things. And, uh, you know, as much as I would have liked to have had him, you know, standing next to me and with the microphone and, asking him questions so you could see the body language and everything like that, wasn't able to get it, you know? So um, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you're going to see a still picture with a, a little sound wave, but you will hear the interview, um, the entire interview in its its entirety. So I'm going to play that for you right now. Last year, rookie season, your head was probably on spinning, you know, trying to learn everything. Um, you were thrust into a role. Can you just, going back last year, talk about that learning experience, what you took out of it, and what you've applied to this year? Yeah, um, it was definitely a learning experience for sure. Um, you know, I just felt like last year I was kind of like getting my feet wet in the defense. Um, I felt comfortable as it went on, but I, I think I was still just more focused on trying to do my, do- my job instead of just kind of playing free and fast within you know the boundaries of the defense. So. Um, coming back this year, I've definitely <clears throat> felt a lot more comfortable. Um, you know, kind of have an under, a complete understanding of the defense. Uh, and obviously, there's always going to be mistakes, but you know, I feel like I'm just I'm able to play free this year and kind of um, you know more focus on making plays as a linebacker instead of trying to do my job within the defense. So um, I think that's probably been the biggest difference for sure. So. But with regards to the scheme, sometimes the scheme can bring out the best in a guy. Uh-huh. What is it about the scheme that you feel brings out the best in your performance? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Wink's obviously an aggressive defensive coordinator. and um, I mean, I think everybody in the league knows he's, he's good at drawing up blitzes and, um, you know, creating free runners uh, to the quarterback. Um, and then as, as linebackers, he blitzes us all the time on first and second down. So um, I did a lot of that in college. Um, you feel comfortable doing it here too. And it just kind of, it kind of helps you play fast when you can blitz early and um, <clears throat> maybe make a play in the backfield or at the line of scrimmage and then, you know, carry that through the rest of the game. Um, you know, once you get those first couple hits and you feel comfortable, you feel fast. And um, yeah, I feel like, this defense also helps, you know, me and Bobby attack the line of scrimmage. So as a linebacker, when you're able to do that and you're, you know, you're able to play fast, play free like I was talking about, um, you know, you can make a lot more plays that way. You know, they, they say that, you know, you have to have a certain mentality to play at this level. I mean, yet last year 
I'm sure it was frustrating for you because, you, you know, you come out of college, you're full of hope, you want to do well, and yeah. you, you had struggles, not not just you, but the defense, the whole team in general. What did you do to kind of keep yourself focused and not get down on yourself? Yeah, I think um, I think I was just kind of focused on improving every week. You know, even if I had a bad game, um, and I had a lot of bad games, and, you know, I made some splash plays here and there, but I just wanted to, like, improve at least one thing, you know, throughout the week, and whether it's my footwork or my eyes or um, pass coverage, I just wanted to I wanted to fine tune those little details that you know make our position um, you know make you good at your position. So I think I think I improved on those throughout the year, but um, I still don't think I was playing at the level I could play into the standard of the defense. So um, coming back, that was you know I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a part of this team, obviously, and you know be a part. Um, of a good defense and, you know, do my part to, to hold the standard. You look like you got quicker this year, quicker afoot. Was that something you worked on or is that just knowing this defense? I think it's just knowing it and just being able to play fast, being able to play fast because, you know, you trust your instincts, but you know the defense, you know exactly where, you, um, you know, your, responsi- your responsibility is, your coverage, your alignment. Um, gap responsibility. I think you know once you know all th- all those things, you're able to play way faster. What has having Bobby next to you done for your game? So much. I'm, you know, I tell people all the time that's having a vet like that in the room who's you know been in this league for a while, knows what it it takes to play this position and, and be good at it. Um, it's great. I mean, he's always giving me little pointers and little tips to think about throughout the week. Um, and now I think it's you know. It's it's fine tuning our communication with each other, making sure we're always talking, so we're always on the same page. And when you know he's understanding what I'm thinking, what I have in the play, and I'm understanding where he's at, um, and then we can just play off each other. And like I said, play fast. So you mean like the nonverbal communication, body, reading each other's body language? Um, well, it's usually more verbal. Like we'll we'll literally be talking in the middle of a play, like, "Hey, I'm I have the A gap here, I have the C gap," you know, tell him where. Okay, I'm off the running back now. I have him in coverage, or you know, I'm off three now, or just different things like that. That um, that also helps you play faster because you know, you know, not only what you have, but what somebody else is doing too, and where they're thinking. It's pretty impressive. You can hear each other with all this scrum going on. Yeah, you do got to be loud, but um, you know, we we've been doing it, you know, for a few months now together, and we kind of know, you know, what the other person's thinking depending on the play call so what have you taken away most from bobby you know that you didn't maybe previously know um maybe just i mean he always just tells me just calm down because i get like really excited on the field and like sometimes my you know when i get excited my feet go crazy or i start like jumping around and he'll just be like, hey, just calm down. Just calm down out there. Let's talk about it. You know, I'm going to tell you where to be. You're going to tell me where you're at. So, um, and, you know, that's important to hear sometimes because you don't always think, you know, sometimes you might think you're being relaxed and you feel like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like, I'm excited to play. And that's a component to it as well. But, um, you know, when you're, when you're truly calm and you're set and you know exactly where to be and you're patient with your footwork, um, that helps you play fast. And then talk about your relationship with the front of the defense because obviously the front seven you guys play together. I mean the back se- the back guys too, but yeah. more so you know I'm thinking in terms of the aggressiveness. Run game, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's. I mean it's crucial, and those guys obviously have their communication set in the front, um, getting people aligned, so we know where we have to fit, 
um, behind them. But um, yeah, it's important. And you know, obviously having a guy like Dax up there and somebody who can truly wreck a game, um, that's always helpful. Kayvon's always, you know, getting people aligned and, and um, he's a crucial point in our defense as well. So having dudes like that and, and knowing what they're thinking as well is, is so important for us. Where would you most like to continue improving your game? And don't say every place because yeah. everybody says that. Yeah. There's got to be something that you, you say to yourself, I got to yeah. improve this like yesterday. Yeah, yeah, well, there. I mean, there's always, like, little things that you can't improve in every part of your game. I'm sure, like you said, a lot of people say that. But for me, I think it's um, – I think I could be better in the past game. Um, you know, I, I think I've gotten a lot better at it. But um, – and that, that also comes with communication and, and just knowing where to be. But I think uh, – yeah, I think I think in the past game, working backwards and, and getting in coverage. Um, not always man, but sometimes zone, zone is, uh, you know – that's different because, you know, you're working with different people. You have to know where they are, too, to be able to fit into the zone. So, um, yeah, I'd say coverage overall. And having, I guess having eyes in the back of your head, right? Right, yeah, yeah, no. Which and comes to the instincts. Yeah, yeah, and not always looking at the quarterback, looking at the routes, you know, being aware of, of you know, the receivers and the tight ends around you. Um, yeah, that's crucial for us. All right, everybody, that was Micah McFadden, Giants inside linebacker, and that was my interview with him that I did this week in the locker room. I hope you enjoyed that, and I want to say thank you to Micah McFadden uh, for taking the time to to meet with me. And again, I also interviewed Bobby Okereke uh, regarding Micah McFadden, and I'm going to have those quotes on Giants Country. I'm going to do an article that will probably be up before the game on uh, Sunday if you want to check that out. So uh, you guys get it first. You get to hear the bulk of the interview first. So uh, just because I love you guys. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Locked on Giants podcast. We're appreciated your love. Don't forget tonight, Friday night, Locked on Giants live. Trina, Tana, and Dog, we're excited. We're back. Um, and we're going to go for a couple of hours, maybe longer. We'll see how it goes. And we hope you to see you on the YouTube channel uh, for Locked on Giants Live. Otherwise, everybody have a great weekend. Those of you who can't make it, we'll see you on Monday with a wrap-up, a recap of the Giants-Raiders Week 9 game, which hopefully, fingers crossed, will be a Giants win. Have a great one, everybody. We'll see you soon.